Good Monday morning. Tens of millions are waking up to rough winter weather. And it's going to be with us all week long. It's December 12th. This is today. Storm alert. A nasty system that's already brought snow, rain, and high winds to the West Coast begins its march across the country. The Midwest bracing for blizzard conditions. The Northeast expected to see significant snow as well. And across the South, the risk of severe thunderstorms, all of it having a major impact on holiday travel. We'll have your full forecast. Justice at last, the man accused of making the bomb that destroyed Pan Am Flight 103 now in U.S. custody, 34 years after the terror attack that killed 270 people, most of them American. It's surreal. It's overwhelming. This morning, new reaction from families on their quest for answers four decades in the making. Happy homecoming. New images from Brittany Griner's first weekend on American soil in nearly a year. And we learn more about her journey home from Russia. She jumped on the plane and, and went right to saying hi to everyone, making a personal connection, shaking hands, saying thank you. Just ahead, the message of thanks from Griner's family. Somber ceremony. The University of Idaho honors the victims of that mysterious quadruple murder during its winter commencement. It's been a tough few weeks for our community. While the FBI weeds through new tips and searches for a vehicle near the crime scene around the time of the murders, we'll have the very latest. All that plus picture perfect. Splashdown. Inside the Orion capsule, successful return to Earth after a historic journey around the moon. Just ahead, NASA's hopes it will lead astronauts back to the lunar surface. And our sunshine with Al now recovering at home. We are looking forward to checking in with our friend live today, Monday, December 12, 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Hi, everybody. Good morning. It's Monday. A little commotion outside this morning. Fear not. A uh, mm -hmm. little bit of a smoke alarm situation at 30 Rock, but everything's fine and people are going back in the building. Yeah, that's where our kitchen is located, so <laughs> we know everything's good. <laughs> we must have been cooking. Yeah, exactly. If something went on there. We're going to start this morning, though, with that severe winter weather. It's coming from two separate systems. It is. On the West Coast, massive amounts of snow are blanketing the mountains in California. Check that out. Cities in the southern part of the state, though, hit with flash flooding and heavy winds. Well, that storm is now on the move. It's targeting the northern plains, and it'll make its way to the northeast before the week is out. And this morning, some folks are already digging out from a different storm system that dumped several inches of snow. We've got you covered this morning. Dylan's got the full forecast, but let's get it started with NBC's Miguel Almaguer. He's in Truckee, California this morning. Miguel, good morning. Savannah, good morning. I want to show you exactly what the Sierra Nevada is dealing with. The storm system out here just blanketed this area under several feet of snow. As a matter of fact, in about 48 hours, we had more than 48 inches of snow in some areas. It was coming down so fast and so furious, it actually shut down Interstate 80, a major thoroughfare in this area, for several hours. There was concerns about avalanches. And while all of this looks very beautiful, it's also incredibly dangerous. This morning, a relentless storm system powering its way from coast to coast, packing a nasty punch, dumping snow, rain, and ice. Brutal conditions expected to impact more than 50 million people nationwide. It started out west, blanketing parts of the Sierra Nevada mountains with more than four feet of snow. 
Whiteout conditions wreaking havoc at Lassen Volcanic National Park. While torrential rains and heavy winds put millions along the Pacific coast at risk. Water rescue crews in Orange County hoisting a man to safety after a flash flood tore through a drainage canal. High winds also battering the region, with wind gusts reported up to 169 miles an hour at a ski resort near the Nevada border. At this popular lodge in Lake Tahoe, the chairlifts almost taking flight in the wind. Dangerous winds also downing power lines and trapping drivers in their cars in Northern California. Whatever you do, don't get out of the car. All of this part of what's called an atmospheric river event, when moisture coming off the Pacific Ocean stays in one area at a time, hammering it with snow or rain. And as that system works its way east, blizzard-like conditions are expected to hit the northern plains, while threats of tornadoes and damaging winds could impact some southern states on Tuesday. No, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> I was in Florida yesterday. Overnight, a separate system bringing snow to parts of the northeast, including dangerous conditions in eastern Pennsylvania, where there was a rollover accident. This car flipped upside down on the side of the road. And by the end of the week, that same brutal storm system that originated off the Pacific coast could also take aim at the Northeast. This morning here in the Sierra Nevada, there's another concern looming. All of the snow you see on these branches could actually snap trees onto power lines. That's a major concern. It's also frigid out here, just 12 degrees. All of the problems we saw in this area now headed your, air, your way out east. Savannah? All right, Miguel, but it sure is pretty. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. All right, Dylan's keeping a close eye on the storm. Tell us what's to come. When's it headed this away? Well, it'll probably get here by Friday, I'd okay. say. But it's going to be in all sorts of different forms. The higher elevations get the snow. The southern areas get more of the rain. So here we go with where it's located right now. Look at all of the colors out, uh, out west indicating the winter storm watches, the warnings, blizzard warnings in parts of South Dakota and Wyoming, where we can see wind gusts up to 45 to 60 miles per hour. That combined with the falling snow means very reduced visibilities and very dangerous out on the road. So we do have some of the snow starting to move through the Rockies right now. We also have more rain continuing out across central and southern California. This area of low pressure will continue to move eastward and take with it the snow and also the gusty winds. Out ahead of it, we could see some severe storms that extend down south. So it's a pretty massive storm system. The coldest of the air up across the Dakotas into Minneapolis, where we'll be right on that rain-snow line. Then you see as it moves eastward, it's more like a rain event as we get towards the middle of the week up across the Great Lakes. But on the back side of it, we could see some snow uh, take hold. So where is most of the snow going to fall? I'd say across uh, eastern Montana, up into north and south Dakota. Again, with those gusty winds, we're looking at blizzard conditions. But some areas in those heavier bands could end up with two feet of snow out of this storm system. Savannah. All right, Dylan. Thank you. Now to a major step toward justice for hundreds of families. Nearly 34 years after the terror attack that brought down Pan Am Flight 1 over Lockerbie, Scotland, killing 270 people, 190 of them Americans. The accused bomb maker is now in American custody. NBC's chief foreign affairs correspondent Andrea Mitchell has covered this story from the very beginning. Joins us from Washington. Andrea, good morning. Good morning, Savannah. Well, following his extradition to the United States, Abu Aguila Mohammed Massoud becomes the first Libyan intelligence operative to face charges on U.S. soil for the bombing of Flight 103. It's one of the worst terrorist attacks in history that killed hundreds of Americans, including 35 Syracuse University students on their way home for Christmas after a semester studying in England.
34 years after the terrorist bombing of Pan Am Flight 103 over Lockerbie, Scotland, a former Libyan intelligence operative suspected of making the bomb is in U.S. custody this morning. A Justice Department spokesman announcing the arrest says Abu Aguila Mohammed Massoud will make his first court appearance in Washington today. The U.S. indicted Massoud in connection with the bombing two years ago, after officials received a copy of a 2012 interview of Massoud by Libyan law enforcement following the collapse of Muammar Gaddafi's regime. According to an FBI affidavit, in that interview, Massoud admitted building the bomb that brought down the plane and conspiring with two other Libyan operatives to carry out the attack. Massoud also said Libyan intelligence ordered the bombing and that Gaddafi thanked him and others in person for conducting it, according to the FBI. On December 21, 1988, Pan Am Flight 103 was 38 minutes out of London, bound for New York, when it exploded over Lockerbie, killing all 259 people on board, including 190 Americans and another 11 on the ground. Mary Kay Stratus lost her husband, Elia, in the attack. He um, was only 43 years old, but had lived a very full life. With Masood behind bars awaiting trial, Stratus says he must face swift consequences. It's taken 34 years to get this far. Sadly, many of our family members have passed on. And so we want this justice fast. Kara weeps his brother Rick Manetti was among the 35 Syracuse University students on board Flight 103, heading home for the holidays. She says Masood's arrest is a major step forward after three decades. It's surreal. It's overwhelming. It's, it's, I, I don't even know if I, if I have the exact words at this moment. Um, is he the only person? No. But is he a key person? Yes. Masoud is the third former Libyan intelligence operative to face charges in the attack. In 2001, Abdelbeset al-Magrahi was convicted of the bombing in a trial overseen by Scottish judges. He was freed, though, on compassionate grounds eight years later while suffering from terminal cancer and died in Libya in 2012. Another operative, Lamin Khalifa Fima, was acquitted of all charges. So finally today, a day in court. Savannah. Justice, long time uh, coming, Andrea. Thank you very much. Let's turn now to WNBA star Brittany Griner, finally back on American soil after nearly 10 months of imprisonment in Russia. And this morning, we are learning new details about her journey home and her first few days of freedom. NBC's Priscilla Thompson is at Brooke Army Medical Center in San Antonio, Texas. Hey, Priscilla, good morning. Hey, Hoda, good morning. We know that Brittany Griner played basketball for the first time since her detention this Sunday. Her team says that she also got a haircut and spent time with her family as she continues to take full advantage of all the resources and support here at the medical facility and hospital just behind me. And as we're getting those updates, we're also learning more about what happened on that 18-hour flight home. This morning, new photos and new details about Brittany Griner's first moments of freedom. Griner standing in front of an American flag. By her side, wife Sherelle and the man who helped bring her home after nearly a year in Russian captivity. And she called everyone over to take photos with her. It shows you the kind of woman that she is. U.S. Special Envoy Roger D. Carsons spent months working on the team that negotiated Griner's release and was on board that 18-hour flight to Texas. Carson says the two-time Olympic gold medalist was eager to connect and chatted for hours. We actually tried to give her some space. 
She said, no, I want to talk. I want to relate to people. And I found someone who was just absolutely wonderful, kind, generous, interesting, and above all, authentic. Surprising many, the first images of Griner showed her with her head shaved. Her attorney telling ESPN that she cut off her locks about two weeks ago because of the cold temperatures, saying that they kept freezing after she showered. Griner's return, while celebrated, has ignited a firestorm among some Republicans who say freeing Russian arms dealer Victor Boot jeopardizes national security. The Trump administration was always very clear. We weren't going to trade bad guys for celebrities because it creates the wrong incentives for the bad guys. Now in Russia, Boot, who served 11 years in U.S. prison for conspiring to kill Americans, among other charges, is speaking out. Telling Russian state media he fully supports the war in Ukraine and would volunteer if he could. U.S. officials say any threat Boot might pose is manageable and that they're focused on bringing more wrongfully imprisoned Americans abroad, like Paul Whelan, home. A battle Griner is also vowing to fight. BG and I will remain committed to the work of getting every American home. And as for what else might come next for Griner, no word yet on whether she plans to play in the upcoming WNBA season. The Players Association says that her health is their top concern, but they're hopeful that she'll return to the court soon, something I'm sure we would all love to see. Hoda? Priscilla Thompson for us there in San Antonio. Priscilla, thank you. We turn now to the war in Ukraine with heavy fighting raging on. President Biden pledged new support for Ukraine's defenses during a phone conversation with President Zelensky. NBC's chief foreign correspondent Richard Engel is on the ground for us in Ukraine this morning. Hi, Richard. Good morning. Good morning, Savannah. Ukraine's President Zelensky didn't just speak with President Biden yesterday. He also spoke with the presidents of France and Turkey all on the same day. It is a renewed effort at diplomacy. And President Zelensky said that he hopes there could be, quote, important results in the coming weeks. But in the meantime, Russia is not slowing down its attacks against this country. If Russian President Vladimir Putin can't have Ukraine for his own, He seems content to destroy it. Russian troops have been stepping up attacks across the frozen east, driving Ukrainians into cellars with only firewood for heat. Russia is raining fire on the south, too, targeting the electrical grid, temporarily blacking out Odessa, firing up to 60 mortars and artillery shells at Kherson. Russia has a special score to settle with this city. Last month, there were victory celebrations in Kherson's main square after Ukrainians drove out Russian troops, ending eight months of occupation. Now the party's over. The latest Russian attacks have caused rolling blackouts and forced many residents to leave. But in pop-up warming and charging centers like this one, the mood remains upbeat and optimistic because residents here say the current hardships are still better than living under Russian occupation. These children were only spared from being separated from their friends, caregivers, and country because of lies. They're orphans living in a hospital in Kherson. During the occupation, doctors and nurses told Russian troops the children were all sick with communicable diseases or couldn't be moved, so the soldiers would stay away from them. Russian troops took other orphans to Russia to be given to families. The unions often shown on Russian TV to reinforce Moscow's official line that Russia is saving Ukrainians from their supposedly neo-Nazi government. 
Ukrainian officials say more than 13,000 children have been sent to Russia since the war began. Maya Mendel, a nurse, says, how would Americans feel if some other country was taking American children away? These children will grow up in Russia, raised as Russians. It's a type of genocide, she says. Ukrainians also call it state kidnapping. Russia is open about what it's doing, even proud about it, saying its policy is designed to rescue children from a war zone. Savannah. All right, Richard, thank you very much. All right, Craig joins us now with the big story from Hollywood this morning, Craig Orr. Hoda, Savannah, good morning. Good morning to you as well. The week kicking off early for the stars for the biggest TV shows and movies of the year with the announcement of the nominations for the 80th Golden Globe Awards. NBC's Gotti Schwartz joins us from Los Angeles with all the details. Hey, Gotti. Hey, good morning, Craig. Yeah, after a year's absence, the Golden Globes are coming back to television and the nominees for the best in film, TV and streaming were announced this morning in Beverly Hills. So much to talk about, starting with Only Murders in the Building. That's up for best musical or comedy series alongside fan favorites, Abbott Elementary, Hacks, The Bear and Newcomer Wednesday, which everyone is talking about. Everyone's doing that dance. Then we've got The Crown, all the drama that's surrounding uh, The Real Crown, Severance, A House of the Dragon. There are some of the top contenders for best drama television series. And then, dun, 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 White Lotus, a popular nominee in the limited series category, which, by the way, had a wild season finale last night. That's going to be going up against Dahmer Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, Blackbird, Pam and Tommy, and The Dropout. So, so much to watch for. Back to you. All right, Gotti, thank you. Well, let's go back to Dylan. Now get the rest of our forecast busy out west. Mm -hmm. Very busy, and it's going to be busy all across the country this week as this winter storm out to the Rockies that brought uh, two to three feet of snow into the Sierra Nevada mountain range is moving eastward. We'll see some storms develop across the southern plains later on this afternoon, even overnight, where we could see very gusty winds, even isolated tornadoes, too, which happen after dark. So that's a danger for that part of the country. Up and down the east coast, back through the Great Lakes, though, lots of sunshine, temperatures seasonable for this time of year. that's your latest forecast. All right, Dylan, thank you. Uh, still ahead, guys, the emotional graduation ceremony tribute to the victims mysteriously murdered in Idaho. As investigators try to track down a car that was spotted near the crime scene, we'll have the very latest. Plus, inside the successful splashdown of the historic Artemis One mission and why it has NASA very excited about the chances of returning astronauts to the moon. But first, on a Monday morning, this is Today on NBC. It's a beautiful shot. It is. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed we're back beautiful 7 30 it's a monday morning 
13 days to go. <laughs> Our Christmas lights here are shining bright. World's most famous Christmas tree and a beautiful crowd in the foreground. We're going to go out and greet them in a little bit. Oh, mm -hmm. Got a little shining lights with the emergency vehicle <laughs> still going on. Everything's fine yeah. here at 30 Rock. Let's get to your headlines. 7.30, a huge oil spill in Kansas finally contained over the weekend, according to the operator of the Keystone Pipeline System. Last Wednesday's pipeline failure near the Kansas-Nebraska border caused an estimated 14,000 barrels of oil to spill into a creek. Officials ordered that section of the pipeline closed until repairs could be made. Environmental officials say there was no impact to drinking water in the area. The countdown is on this morning for lawmakers to come to an agreement on a government funding package before Friday's deadline. They have just four days to strike a deal or risk a government shutdown. Congressional leaders warn that they will likely have to pass a short-term measure until a long-term agreement can be reached. The fate of the funding bills is also linked to an election overhaul measure in an effort to avoid another January 6th. Right. Meanwhile, tomorrow marks one month since the unexplained killings of four college students in Moscow, Idaho, and police are still searching for answers. NBC Steve Patterson has an update on where that investigation stands today. Steve, good morning. Hoda, good morning to you. The University of Idaho campus is largely deserted now that winter break is underway. The university had its winter commencement ceremony on Saturday, a poignant day as one of the victims should have been walking it. It's been a tough few weeks for our community. A subdued and somber ceremony over the weekend. Pomp and circumstance mixed with grief at the University of Idaho's winter commencement. Ethan Chabin, Zana Kernodal, Maddie Mogan, and Kaylee Consalvis were taken from us far too soon by a senseless act of violence. The victims honored with a moment of silence. One of them, Kaylee Gonzalez, should have been crossing the stage to receive her diploma. And on what was supposed to be a joyful weekend, fears that a killer could be walking among them. The police issued a warning to the commencement crowd, urging the community to stay vigilant and travel in groups. We're going to have a lot of officers around. We're going to have a lot of Idaho State Police around. Um, you'll see us both at the commencement as well as just around town providing safety. Police are still searching for any suspects and murder weapon responsible for the murder of four students in their bedrooms almost a month ago. Officials have said they're looking for more information about a white Hyundai Elantra that they believe was near the house around the time the murders were committed. Moscow police saying the FBI is vetting the influx of tips related to the car. The campus quieter than ever as winter break begins. For those remaining in downtown Moscow, a struggle to regain some semblance of normalcy. How does the town heal from this? Um, time is, also, uh, is a big thing for sure, but also just like embracing the community of Moscow. For a community still waiting for justice, a cold winter settling in. Well, Steve, now that the campus is emptied out, kids are going home for the holidays. How will that impact the investigation? Yeah, Hoda, officials say they are determined this case will not grow cold. There are almost 50 FBI agents working it, and local police insist they still have the same amount of staff assigned. And Hoda, those tips continue to flood in without any indication that momentum is slowing down. Yeah, Back to you. I know a lot of families are waiting for answers. All right, Steve Patterson for us there in Moscow. Steve, thanks. All right, still ahead here. We just showed you some highlights from that Dolphins-Chargers game. Still ahead, Jacob Sobroff is going to take us inside the game with the Miami Dolphins. Wait until you see how that team is using technology and practice to help fuel their success 
in games this season. But first, the success of NASA's first Artemis moon mission, creating a lot of excitement for what's to come. Tom Costello's got stars in his eyes this morning. Hi, Tom. What a splashed out Orion is back on Earth. And now we are looking at the next moon mission with humans. We're going to talk about that, what the timeline looks like when we come back. Tranquility Base to Taurus Litro to the tranquil waters of the Pacific, the latest chapter of NASA's journey to the moon comes to a close. Orion. We are back, 739, with an exciting moment for NASA and all of us as well. The Orion spacecraft returning to Earth after nearly four weeks in space. And that mm-hmm. successful splashdown is moving NASA into the next stages of its quest to return humans to the moon. NBC's Tom Costello covers space for us. Tom, good morning. It looks like it went perfectly. Mm-hmm picture perfect as well as could be expected. In fact, they said it it exceeded the entire mission, exceeded all of their engineering expectations and hopes. Let's just put this into perspective, right? We saw Artemis lift off back on November 16th, a 25-day mission traveling in total, if you include the orbits, 1.4 million miles, 270,000 miles from Earth. So that's the furthest that any human-rated spacecraft has ever traveled. And that's critical because this was an uncrewed mission, but the next one will have humans on board, astronauts on board, orbiting the moon, and then the next one landing on the moon. And so they want to see how well the spacecraft performed, and it seems to have done absolutely perfectly. Mannequins that were on board. Um, What did they learn from how the mannequins withstood the forces up in space? Yeah, so there were, uh, there's a male mannequin and then there are two female mannequins because, as we've said, there ultimately will be females on board uh, future missions. They want to know how the stresses of that mission might impact uh, our bodies differently, male versus female. But on the, on the male mannequin, they call him Moonikin. Uh, he literally had uh, sensors to detect radiation exposure uh, and also the G-forces that he would experience in a real flight. And then also, in addition to all of that, just the heat inside and the stress that a person might experience on a 25-day mission. Again, this this spacecraft has never before carried humans. It's a test flight to make sure they know exactly how humans might experience uh, this flight when they when they really do go to the moon. Hey, Tom, you mentioned that that crewed flight. Uh, how, how soon do we expect that's going to take? We're going to have a crewed mission orbiting the moon, we think, at the end of 24. So in two years, they'd love to speed up that timetable. But right now, end of 24. And then we expect that they will land on the moon with humans. They say 2025. I think it's going to go to 26 at the earliest, to be honest. But right, this is what's exciting. The astronauts uh, that are eligible, there are 42 of them. They're going to find out probably as soon as next month who will be named to these lunar missions. And you can imagine all of them are chomping at the bit to be an astronaut that goes back to the moon 50 years after Apollo. Mm-hmm. So That'd cool. be pretty epic. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine that call? Yeah. yeah. All right, Tom, thank you. He always gets us excited about this. Yeah. I know, pumped up. All right, Dylan Dreyer, how about a check of the weather? We're, there's a lot going on. We've talked about the snow out west, but we also have a stormy side of this uh, whole big system here. And we are going to see a slight risk of stronger storms today back through western Kansas through the panhandle of Oklahoma, too. We could see hail an inch or more in diameter, gusty winds up to 60 miles per hour, and we can't roll out tornadoes, although tomorrow is going to be our better chance 
chance of seeing more widespread severe weather, especially across Louisiana with the damaging wind gusts, isolated tornadoes, large hail as well. And then as we go into Wednesday, it slowly shifts eastward into Mississippi and into Alabama. New Orleans will be uh, in that severe weather threat on Wednesday, too, again, for all the things that you expect with the severe weather, the possible tornadoes, the large hail, the damaging winds. And in addition to that, we could see about two to three, four inches of rain, especially across the southeast because it's not a fast-moving storm system. This could lead to some flooding concerns, too. And that's your latest forecast. Mm -hmm. Dylan, thank you. I guarantee you'll be smiling after our next segment because Al is back home Mm -hmm. from the hospital. And we're going to check in. Told you you'd be smiling. We'll chat with (laughs) Al right after this. Uh, Nice for sore eyes. Alpha One Niner, commence Wi-Fi device checklist. Laptops, on. TVs, streaming. Game console, consoling. Smart thermostat, set for cuddle time. Doorbell camera, oh, my package is here. Fast, reliable, able to power tons of devices inside your home at once. All systems go, you are clear for takeoff. This is Xfinity Internet, Wi-Fi built to wow. And watch the short film, The Aviators. Now playing at Xfinity.com. Restrictions apply, actual speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Hi, everyone. I'm Jenna Bush Hager from Today with Hoda and Jenna and the Read with Jenna book club. There's nothing I love more than sharing my favorite reads with all of you, except maybe talking to the exceptional authors behind these stories. And that's what I'll be doing on my podcast, Read with Jenna. I'll be introducing you to some of my favorite writers. These conversations will leave you feeling inspired and entertained. To start listening, just search Read with Jenna wherever you get your podcasts. We are so happy to announce Al is back home from the hospital, sitting in his kitchen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. It's it's good to be home. It's good to see your faces. Wow. We miss you so much, Al. You don't get it. I mean, we miss you. The crowd misses you. There's not a day we don't go out there that people aren't holding signs. Where's Al? We want Al. How are are you feeling? How are you doing? Well, it's just good to be home, you know, surrounded by, you know, Deborah and Courtney and Leela. Nick's going to be home from college uh, very soon. Uh, my brother Chris and his wife have been hanging out. And 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 you guys have been uh, terrific coming by. You were coming by the hospital. Hoda was actually, I think, named a, an honorary doctor. She was just <laughs> literally show up. You know, just she did a Houdini. You know, yeah. she'd just be there. These are not the drones you're looking for. <laughs> Pay no attention. I'm not a member of the staff, but but it's, 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 listen, it's been a tough slog. I'm not going to, I'm not going to deny this. This has been the hardest one yet. And you know, I've had my share of surgery, but uh, uh, it gives you a, a profound sense of gratitude uh, for Mm. this outpouring of prayers and thanks Mm. and, uh, I'm, I'm a very uh, fortunate person. Yeah, yeah, you are, Al. Um, so tell us what the doctors are saying about your, you coming back, because I look at you, you look dynamite, yeah. but you need time to heal. Yeah, you know, you, you lose uh, a certain amount of muscle mass, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for every week you're in the hospital. And I was in the hospital for four weeks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, there's just a certain amount of weakness that I'm doing physical therapy every day. Uh, uh, occupational therapy. I've, I've got to just get my strength back. Uh, but you know, in, in the meantime, and in the meantime, you know, I was thinking of in January about having a knee replaced. I've got to push that back. So, you know, I've got a number of, of issues, but yeah, you know, I feel good. I feel strong. And, and every day 
I feel a little bit better. I made dinner last night. And, of course you uh, did. Course I, I, did. Yeah. I just I just feel like yeah, there's going to be a little bit of a slog, but there are a lot of people uh, who have to deal with a lot more with a lot fewer resources. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, yeah, I'm I'm very fortunate and very blessed to to be able to have the resources I've had. A team led by Dr. J. Rahman, and uh, uh, it's it's been uh, and and all the wonderful nurses and medical staff at New York Presbyterian mm-hmm. Hospital. They yes. were just mm-hmm. terrific. Uh, so I just, I got a lot of things and people to be thankful for. Well, you least have of such all, an amazing... Uh, you, you, our family, our Today mm-hmm. Show family. Well, you have, I mean, you have such an amazing attitude for the for the whole thing. We come see you, it's like mm-hmm. Alice still smiling, <laughs> oh, yeah. still making a joke. Yeah. And can we just give a shout out to Deborah, Deborah. Roberts, Deborah. your beautiful wife, Leela, Courtney, mm-hmm. Nick. But Deborah, I mean, she is a warrior. Mm-hmm. She loves you, Al. Yes. and has kept us all up to date yes, as well. Yes. So yeah. I, I know you. What's, what's been great, yeah. you know, when the doctors come in, her journalistic chops, uh, he'll go, uh, <laughs> so do you have any questions? And she whips out a list of about 20 <laughs> questions. Uh, and then the doctor says, uh, you? Uh, no, pretty much I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> she asked all my, you look yeah. great, buddy. Yeah, you we look love great. you, Al. sound great. We, we can't, can't wait. wait. We, miss we you. can't Everyone wait, babe. Does. Mwah, love you. Keep love the mustache. Keep the stash. Yeah. Ooh, that, was like that was fantastic. <laughs> Love you, Al. We'll see you Bye. soon, Al. That's our Al. He's amazing uh, just how many Oswego shirts he has. Uh, I know. Oh, it's true. That's important. <laughs> oh, still ahead here uh, on a Monday morning <laughs> after that sight for sore eyes. Uh, we're going to take you inside the kickoff of Hollywood's award season. We're going to have complete coverage of this morning's Golden Globe nominations coming up. 